This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Let's do this. Another day, another dollar, another edition of The Drive. You're listening to The Drive on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the Odyssey app. My name is Karen Harrison. Excited to be here with you on this fine Thursday. Let me give you an itinerary of what we have planned for the day. Coming up in 30 minutes, we will head to Buffalo, New York, to be joined by Jeremy White of WGR in Buffalo. We'll take our first trip to Buffalo this week. We'll take another one tomorrow with Andre Reed, Hall of Fame wide receiver, to get you ready for Chiefs and Bills. We get the enemy perspective between these two teams coming up in about 30 minutes or so. We'll also be joined by Peter King of NBC Sports. For my money, he is the best sports ta- uh, sports writer excuse me, covering the National Football League. He will be on the show at 4 o'clock. We also will have Danny Parkins of 670 The Score in Chicago. He will be on the show in the 3 o'clock hour. We have a very busy show planned for you over the course of the next four hours. Appreciate you making us part of your play. Playoff schedule. We got a lot to get into, but you guys know the vibes. First things first, Carrington, it's pizza time on the drive. Dial me up right now. Caller number six wants a pizza from our friends over at Pizza Tasio. 913-586-7610. Pizza Tasio is Kansas City's best New York style pizza, and they've taken over the town. They got a new spot in Waldo, plus spots in OP. That's my home, Pizza Tasio. Lee Summit, Midtown, North KC, and St. Joe, and Lawrence. So whether you're looking for me a whole pie or maybe just want a few slices for the game, be sure to visit them now at Pizza Tasio. That's pizza, T-A-S-C-I-O.com. I need you guys to do me a couple of favors. Number one, I need you listening to The Drive each day at 2 o'clock on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the Odyssey app. Number two, I need you to tell one friend to listen to The Drive. You don't got to tell two friends, but just tell one friend that if you want some of the best pizza in Kansas City, they can get that right here on 610 Sports Radio and I need you to continue to stay warm. I know it's warmer than it was over the weekend. It would be very difficult for it to be colder than it was this weekend, but it looks like we're going to get some tough weather today. So stay warm and drive safe. I will continue to give you that message for the next couple of days. All right, let's dive right into it. It's funny how frequently these two teams have played one another yet they have very rarely and seldomly played in Buffalo. Patrick Mahomes has only played one game in Buffalo, and that game, if you remember, was back in 2020, and there were no fans allowed in the stands. It was October 19th. The Chiefs won that game 26-17. to 
So I went back and I was looking at this, and it was a very interesting exercise in how quickly things can turn in the National Football League. We are talking about this was less than four years ago between these two teams. It was an early season game. The Chiefs go to 5-1. and one. Buffalo goes to 4-2 and two on the season very early on in the NFL schedule. The Chiefs' leading rusher that day was Clyde Everett-Hilaire. He had 26 carries for 161 yards. The other running backs to get carries in that game were Darrell Williams and Darwin Thompson. So we have seen this roster completely turn over from the running back position. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire still on this team, but now in a backup role. Darrell Williams gone, Darwin Thompson gone. I'm not even sure if Darrell Williams and Darwin Thompson are still in the NFL less than four years after this game. You go to the wide receiver. Demarcus Robinson was the leading receiver that day for the Kansas City Chiefs. Five catches, 69 yards. Byron Pringle was the second leading receiver. Travis Kelsey obviously did his thing in the game as well. Five catches, 65 yards, and two touchdowns. The Chiefs have a drastically different offensive line for this game than the first matchup. All five of the offensive linemen that played in that game are gone. Eric Fisher gone. Our guy Mitchell Schwartz also no longer on the team. You then go to the defensive side of the ball. There is not a lot of carryover between the team that went to Buffalo in 2020 and the team that is going to head there in a couple of days. The thing that was really interesting to me, Rob, about all of this is we have seen the Chiefs sort of have three different resets over the course of this run. You remember when this run first started and the Chiefs go to the AFC Championship game for the first time since the mid-90s against the Buffalo Bills, and you think about that team, you think about its flaws, you think about the defense, the tremendous offense that you saw with Patrick Mahomes. Kareem Hunt was on that first team. I know he got kicked off the team in the middle part of the season, but you had Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins. That team was an offensive juggernaut, one of the best offensive teams that we've seen in the history of the National Football League. I would say then the Chiefs went through another reset at that point. So starting this journey, there was a team. Then after that 2018-2019 AFC Championship loss against the New England Patriots, we then saw a different version of the Kansas City Chiefs, a Chiefs version that had to fix the defense on the fly. I'm talking about Tyra Matthew. I'm talking about Frank Clark. I would say that was Chiefs maybe 2.0. You knew the offense was going to be there. You had Patrick Mahomes. You had Tyreek Hill. You had Travis Kelsey. But this team was going to have to be far more physical and disciplined on the defensive end if they were going to win a championship. And Brett Veach and his staff did a phenomenal job. In one offseason, they were able to take one of the worst defenses in the NFL and get it to where it was a formidable unit that you could play complementary football. Next thing you know, you look up and your team wins the Super Bowl with drastically different pieces on the defense, Tyron Matthew, Frank Clark, etc. It now feels like we are in version 3.0 of the Kansas City Chiefs. You don't have Tyra Matthew that played in this game. Don't have Frank Clark that played in this game. Don't have Bashad Breeland, Charvarius Ward. I mean, the top five tacklers that day were Damian Wilson, Bashad Breeland, Anthony Hitchens, Daniel Sorensen, Charvarius Ward. Ben Neiman played in this game. Tyra Matthew played in this game. So it is a completely different offensive line, a completely different defense for the most part. Skill position players from that game for the most part are gone. Clyde Edwards-Alaire now in a backup role. McCole Hardman now in a backup role. Obviously, Travis Kelsey on this team. 
Rob, we have seen in the span of this Chiefs run that is now entering year six, year seven of it, we have seen this roster turn over three separate times. And what the Chiefs have been really good at, maybe as good as any team that we have seen this side of the New England Patriots, is we have seen them be able to adjust and change course on the fly, whether it was after the first AFC championship game and they needed to fix the defense whether it was after the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay and being able to fix the offensive line and sure that up and help get them back to a championship. I know it's big picture, but next season, this team is going to have to make some changes on the wide receiver room. They have always answered that and always done a really, a really good job of being able to retool on the fly. This is not the first time the Chiefs have headed to Buffalo. This is the first real time that they have headed to Buffalo. But I think it's very interesting that in just a three-and-a-half-year span, this is just a drastically different Chiefs team. And I would say for the most part, the Bills are kind of the same. I mean, you got Devin Singletary, Diggs is still there, Gabriel Davis is still there. A lot of the key pieces on defense are still there. The Chiefs have had tremendous turnover during that time, and it feels like the Bills, for the most part, have have largely stayed the same. Is that good for the Bills? Because in football and in sports and really in life, if you're not moving, if you're not evolving, if you're not changing with the times, you're left behind. Can't you say one of the reasons the Bills are constantly left behind divisional round dropouts with one conference championship appearance in that window is because they aren't doing the turnover. They aren't changing. They aren't, you know, making the evolution of their roster. I mean, we think about the changes the Chiefs had in that timeline. Think about the Chiefs changes they're going to have by this time next year. They're going to have three new wide receivers, maybe a new offensive lineman, probably a new defensive lineman, maybe a new corner, probably a new safety. They are always evolving and changing and adapting to the times. The Bills haven't been doing that. Is it possible one of the reasons you can point to the Bills' failings or the Bills' shortcomings is because they keep rolling the ball out on the floor and saying, we're going to run it back. We got our guys. That is not really how it works in the NFL. Outside of your core, you have to be changing and evolving. The Bills haven't been. No, not at all. And I think that this game is going to be a really good litmus test for this. The core of this Bills team, that Bills team that went to the AFC Championship game and went up against Kansas City, for the most part, that core that left that field disappointment, and Stephon Diggs talks about how he wanted to stand out there and feel the confetti and how he wanted to know that feeling to come back against Kansas City. For the most part, that team is still here. And if you don't beat Kansas City in this game, given some of the advantages that you have in this game, they are the better offense, they're the home team in this. It is a fair question to ask, when are you ever going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs? And if what you're talking about is fair, that Kansas City has been able to give you three and four different iterations of them, while Buffalo, I would say they have, for the most part, kept their core intact and then really tried to swing big with the mindset of trying to beat Kansas City. Let's not kid ourselves about what that Von Miller signing was. That Von Miller signing was not about Joe Burrow. That Von Miller signing was not about Lamar Jackson. It was about if we don't get pressure on Patrick Mahomes and we don't heavily invest in our defensive line and outside linebacker play to get pressure on Patrick Mahomes, we don't think we can get over that team. This does feel like a Bills team that over the last two, three years, every offseason, they have gone into it with the mindset of we're building this team to be able to beat Kansas City. If you don't beat Kansas City on Sunday, 
The question is fair of when are you ever going to beat Kansas City? Coming up on the other side, there is a topic that was specifically crafted for the drive. We'll tell you what it is. Keep it right here. The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. The home of the Royals is 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. We're going to take a trip to Buffalo, New York, coming up in about 10 minutes or so. Jeremy White of WGR in Buffalo. There are a couple of stories that are tailor-made for this show. They are specially crafted for this show. And I don't want you guys to think just because it's a divisional round that we're going to let these good stories go to waste. Absolutely not. Number one, this conversation was happening on television. The first one you may have heard, it was Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy, I would say friend of the show. We like Tony Dungy. Don't have any issues with Tony Dungy. He's great. He might be on the show next week. Who knows? He was asked a question about Taylor Swift. Here's what Tony Dungy had to say. Thing that's disenchanting people with with sports now. There's so much on the outside that come coming in, entertainment value and uh, different things, as taking away from what really happens on the field. This is the part about this commentary that I don't understand. I don't get. You're telling me that this is the same NFL that the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns was accused of 27 sexual assaults. And the NFL has pushed through every single time. This is the same NFL that a former running back for the Baltimore Ravens was seen on film uppercutting his wife. This is the same NFL that a former Chiefs player was seen kicking a young lady in a hotel room. Now, we don't got to talk about all the other nonsense that happens. I mean, every Tuesday, a quarterback for the New York Jets gives us his his basically conspiracy theories every Tuesday and gets paid very handsomely to do it. And the NFL continues to push through and hit record rating highs that have never been seen before in live sports television. So that's not keeping any fan away. 
but showing Taylor Swift on the television, having a good time, celebrating your game. It's not like Taylor Swift is really doing anything that brings any attention to herself. She appears to be a relatively new fan. I don't know her sports background, but it's not like we saw Taylor Swift at a lot of football games in years past. So she is learning the game and she is interacting with paying customers that have come to support your game. That's what's wrong with the league. That's what's disenchanting people about the league. Okay. All right. Makes sense to me. Here's Will Kane, former ESPN analyst. You might remember Will Kane. He was asked about Taylor Swift and her effect on the National Football League. Here's what she said. I'm watching for football. Rachel, it was negative five. Do you know what it takes to play football in negative five? It's impossible. Don't it's, you want a break from seeing these guys and see a pretty girl once in a while? I mean, come on. Well, that's what we have cheerleaders for. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it is. I would just love to know what Taylor Swift is doing that is bothering these people so much. I feel in the games that Taylor Swift is in attendance, I don't feel like they're taking away from the game. Are we missing plays because they show her in the stands? Because they show other fans in the stands? It's not like they only show one fan in the stand. They show that one guy that looks like Chandler from Friends every single Chiefs game who has the same Chiefs jacket on and the same up, upside-down visor. They show him every game. That one Dolphins fan, you guys know what Dolphins fan I'm talking about, the white guy with the glasses who didn't have his shirt on, they showed him. What is Taylor Swift doing that is taking away from your enjoyment of the National Football League? She's not taking away from my enjoyment. Now, I don't think that she is adding to my enjoyment of the league. I already enjoy it. But this is somebody who has come in as a relatively new fan, has adopted a team as her favorite, is participating in their traditions and doing the chomp and high-fiving fans. It seems to me as if if you're a fan of the NFL, this is what you should be celebrating. Hey, look at how popular our game is. We're growing. We're adding new fans. She's not just doing concerts in the middle of the game, right? It's not like they're stopping after the first quarter and they're telling everybody, hey, we're going to take a 10-minute Taylor Swift break so she can promote her next album. She's just sitting there minding her own business. I would just love to know what this woman is doing that is bothering people so much when they show her on the stands between 90 and 120 seconds of the game. They're not putting Taylor Cam in the bottom right corner. We're getting picture in picture. That would be outrageous. I would be on their side. We're doing a lot. I just don't know what Taylor Swift is doing that is bothering people so much. She comes to the game. She's friendly with everybody. She minds her business, and she goes back home. They're not even interviewing her. I'd rather hear her interview than hear those nonsense coaching interviews that have never provided any insight in the NFL. Sometimes they do in college. They never have in the NFL. They interviewed Mike McDaniel during the game. Rob, do you remember what he said? I remember his teeth were chattering. I'd rather them interview Taylor Swift during the middle of the game. Hey, what do you think? Your boyfriend had three drops in the first half. I'd rather hear her answer than hear whatever coach has to say in the game. I want to play another thing for you, and then we're going to head to Buffalo. Listen to this. Because we have seen some pretty, I would say, remarkable marketing over the last couple of weeks. I don't know if you saw this or not, Rob, but 
Red Lobster has brought back endless shrimp. You can go in there, endless shrimp. Listen to what Applebee's is doing. Listen to this promotion that they have at the Bees. Applebee's plans to launch a limited number of date night passes. So here how it works. You pay 200 bucks and you can use the pass up to 52 times to receive up to $30 worth of food and non-alcoholic beverages. The passes go on sale January 22nd, that's next Monday, and can be used from February 1st this year through January 31st of next year. I don't mind that. Ready, set, go. So hold on. You're telling me that this is what Applebee's is doing. Correct me if I'm getting this wrong, Rob. You go and you spend $200. For that $200, you get $30 off your meal for 52 times. So you and Bay can go in there and you can go half on a Cajun chicken salad or a Cajun chicken pasta. Or maybe you go in there and you really feeling frisky today. You want to get the mozzarella sticks and you want to get the flatbread. I mean, you got a $200 date night pass. This is a really good idea. Some of you are really bad at date night. Your wife has been asking you for weeks, hey, when are we going to do something? And you've been saying, oh, it's the playoffs. Oh, it's the holidays. Is this not a perfect idea? $200 date night. Now, I'm not interested in the Applebee's one. Can we get this for Red Lobster? I would love to go get some Cheddar Bay biscuits and some shrimps every week. I would have a residency at Red Lobster. Go ahead and give me that back booth with the flavored lemonades every single time. This is an incredible deal. Who thought of this over at Applebee's? Because they aren't getting nearly enough credit. Some of us are just regular human beings. You know, we pay our nine to five. You know, you try to be a good person. You know, you try to give back to charity. And then there's some special people that walk among us. There's some people that are God's chosen one, angels, The person that thought of this $200 date idea at Applebee's, they're one of those people that I'm talking about. They get the VIP fast pass into heaven. This is an incredible idea at Applebee's. $30 off for 52 times over the course of the year. Great idea. This is an elite idea. It's cheap because all you got to do is go, what, seven, eight times over the course of 52 weeks and you got your money back? And I don't know if you know this, Carrington, Applebee's is the home of the Dollarita. For those who don't know about the Dollaritas, they are $1 margaritas. So what you do is you buy the date night pass, and then once a week, you and your wife, you and your fiance, you and your girlfriend, you and your person on a date, you go to Applebee's, you split some apps because it's 30 bucks, you get yourself some food, and you get yourself some Dollaritas, and you're out of there full, nourished, had a couple drinks, and you're out what? Seven, eight, nine bucks, maybe 15 with tip? That is an incredible date night experience and the ultimate bang for your buck. I want to tell you guys that Nick Wright just texted me and confirmed that he is going to be on the show tomorrow. 345, Nick Wright will be on the show tomorrow. I just wanted to tell you guys that. We've been texting back and forth. We finally locked in a time. I'm excited about that. Tomorrow's show is going to be great. We have Andre Reed going to be on the show tomorrow. We also have Nate Taylor in studio for the 4 o'clock hour. And Nick Wright will be on the show tomorrow for a Red Friday, getting you ready for Chiefs and Bills. Here's what Nick had to say after the win against the Dolphins. They are a ball control. Cut out the mistakes, kill you with defense, take the points, and expect our super-duper star quarterback 
to make a couple amazing plays, and then they're hard to beat. Since that Cincinnati game, they've had 17 drives that mattered, not counting kneel downs end of game. Mm -hmm. They've scored 13. On 13 of those drives, they've had three punts and one turnover. And I know all, all in honor of Eminem being at the Lions game, all eight mile this, I know what everyone's going to say, well, what about the red zone, Nick, the red zone? The red zone where they would have scored four red zone touchdowns instead of two if not for an egregious block in the back penalty and Patrick Mahomes' helmet being cracked in half so he has to essentially miss a play. The answer is they were never in – they were never, you know, if I may say, there was never a doubt. And I'm going to be a little understated I, here. I, I agree with that. I'm going to be a little understated because it's just the wild card round. Like, I don't know, the franchises that make a big deal with the wild card round, I don't maybe once one a time, but not in this lifetime for me. So, no, I mean, listen – Nobody wants to play this. And so they want – the biggest reason they want is because it's the Chiefs in January. So unless you have Tom Brady, it, you're, you're basically have a 1 in 15 chance of beating them. Like and yeah, a 0% like chance of beating them in this regulation. Of course, That's what you like it. Go ahead. That's what happens. Like what, 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 who wants to play the Chiefs? Nobody. That is Nick Wright. He is going to join the show tomorrow ahead of Chiefs and Bills. Speaking of the Bills, let's head to the phone lines right now and head to Buffalo and be joined by Jeremy White of WGR out east. Jeremy, how you doing today, my man? I'm good, Karen. I'll tell you who does want to play the Chiefs. Bills fans. I was going to ask you, Jeremy, before we get to very serious things, who do you think Bills fans hate more, Patrick Mahomes or, or Nick Wright? Definitely Nick Wright. Definitely Nick Wright. The Bills fans haven't really hated Patrick Mahomes. If anything, it got a little bit frostier this last time they played when the uh, Kadarius Tony offside call went. Bills fans have, I think, for the most part, really respected and admired the Chiefs and Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. But their complaints to the officials and about officials afterward and Mahomes bringing it up at the handshake at midfield with Josh Allen. Like that, that's the first time it really got a little salty around here about Mahomes and Reed. Yeah. I would say that Kansas city's rivalry with Cincinnati feels a lot more hated. Like Kansas city, just like the players, the team, the city, they do not like the Bengals, the whole burrow head thing last year, Jamar chase, Legereus Sneed. Like there is a hated rivalry there. It does feel a lot more friendly and respectful between Kansas city and Buffalo. I would agree, and, you know, it wouldn't be so bad if there was a little bit of trash talk. You know, Josh and, and Patrick Mahomes talking like how they're friends, and I'm sitting here thinking, you know what, L let's just dial this up a little bit. Let's get a little more juice into it, but uh, the game, I'm sure, will have enough on its own. Right now, we're joined by Jeremy White of WGR in Buffalo, getting the Buffalo perspective on this game. You mentioned Bills fans and that they want to play the Chiefs. Kind of, can you give us context for how big of a game this is in Buffalo? Because for the last five years, it feels like every time Buffalo comes to Kansas City, and I'm sure at some point you have said on your show, hey, what would happen if the if the Chiefs have to come to us, if the Bills are the home team in this game? Well, you get your wish on Sunday. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs are traveling to Orchard Park. How big is this for Bills fans that they get this opportunity? It's huge. I mean, it's just about playing a team that, you know, has knocked the Bills out of the playoffs twice. And it's not that anybody up here thinks Patrick Mahomes won't be able to operate on the road, but we kind of feel like we at least have earned the right to see it one time. So to finally get that here, it, it to me is a game that's two years in the making. From the 13 seconds collapse, a game that Bills fans feel like they should have rightly won uh, in regulation, never mind – the coin toss of overtime, which changed the rules, should this one go to overtime, 
So that game, 13 seconds, that lives in Bills fans' memory like any fan base holds the year, the one that got away. You'll hold on to it for a decade. And it's always been about getting that undone. After 13 seconds, the Bills signed Von Miller. And one of the reasons they signed, signed Von Miller was to be better and finishing off quarterbacks, finishing off plays, getting to Patrick Mahomes. And Von was doing that great at the start of year one, then he got hurt. And last year, they were gunning for the one seed right up until the DeMar Hamlin incident in Cincinnati. The Bills' year-long pursuit of the one seed kind of went away that night because that game got scrapped and Kansas City got the one seed. So, you know, like it, it feels like we've been building to this moment where the Bills know we have to beat Patrick Mahomes in the postseason to ever really register a punch that matters. And after losing in 13 seconds, missing the one seed last year kind of on a fluke, and then this year, okay, fine, rally, get in, get the two seed, at least we get Mahomes here. So I just think Bills fans are very much ready for the challenge and ready to welcome these Chiefs to Orchard Park with fans. Right now, we're joined by Jeremy White of WGR taking a closer look at Sunday's game between the Chiefs and the Bills. Jeremy, can you update us on all of the injuries? Because looking at that wild card game against Pittsburgh, I mean, it seems like there were four or five injuries that popped up for Buffalo. Where do we currently sit? Who do you think is in? Who do you think is out for Sunday? Well, going into the Pittsburgh game, there were two players missing that were just injured the week before. That's number one corner, Rasul Douglas. He looks like he'll be good to go. Uh, he said he was good to go for Pittsburgh, but they held him out. And linebacker Tyrell Dodson, also hurt in the last week of the regular season, he set out that game too. So the Bills are getting two back, we think. On the guys that missed, Darren Johnson, a second-team All-Pro slot corner, he's in concussion protocol. It's unfortunately his fifth concussion, I think. But every time he's had a concussion, he has cleared protocol and gotten back to work the next week. So Darren Johnson, I think, will play. Uh, the rest of the players, Gabe Davis missed. I don't know about him. Might be a multi-week injury. Terrell Bernard, linebacker that's been a really nice piece for the Bills, kind of growing into that role this year. He was carted off the field, and they have not ruled him out because he, the x-rays were negative. So it might be some sort of ankle sprain that keeps him up for a week or two. They're remaining optimistic he might be able to go. Uh, Taylor Rapp got injured in the Miami game as well. So like it's, it's not perfect for the Bills, but it's a little better than it looked at the end of the Pittsburgh game that two come back. Karen Johnson should be fine, and maybe one more bonus guy along the way could make a difference. Jeremy, which of those injuries are most important for Buffalo? Terrell Bernard probably is most important for Buffalo. I say that thinking that Taron Johnson will be back. If Taron Johnson's back, and that's great. Then the biggest, the biggest X factor to miss is Terrell Bernard. The middle of the Bills defense, they let Tremaine Edmonds walk this year, and then all-pro Matt Milano got hurt early in the season. He's missed most of the year. And they tried to scramble to find answers, and Terrell Bernard became one of those answers. They, he's really had a nice season his first time getting starter reps to the point where he's gone from just a guy they picked in the third round to a really important piece of their defense. They use him to get after the quarterback quite a bit. He spies. He goes on delay blitzes. He can cover. So I think Terrell Bernard is the biggest weakness because you drop from him to perhaps A.J. Klein, who is considering retirement, and they just signed off the street because – he knows their system, and he's going to try one more one more time to kind of get after it.
Right now, we're talking to Jeremy White of WGR in Buffalo, taking a closer look at Sunday's opponent for the Kansas City Chiefs. Jeremy, it might sound very simple, but for me, the biggest talking point for this game is turnover differential. You and I have talked about the turnovers from Josh Allen, whether it be fumbles or interceptions. The Chiefs haven't lost a game this season in which Patrick Mahomes hasn't thrown an interception. Of all the things we can talk about, Gabriel Davis or Diggs or Travis Kelsey or Rasheed Rice, this game to me really comes down to which quarterback can protect the football and whichever one protects the ball, that's the team that's going to win. Yeah, it might be. I mean, Josh Allen is good for a turnover here or there. Like, <laughs> he leads the league since he jumped into the league in turnovers. You know, I was looking at this, you know, the turnover differential for the Chiefs has, has not been good this year, if I'm not mistaken. But that's because the Chiefs defense is really good despite not forcing them. Is that right? Because, to me, forcing punts, I mean, it, this goes back to that divisional game that was at Arrowhead two years ago, where a punt was a victory. And these two quarterbacks, if they're in their superhuman mode, I don't need an interception. If Bills force six punts in this game, I'll take that over, you know, two punts and one pick. So it's about failed drives. And that's one of the things about Josh Allen. Like, he'll, he'll turn the ball over, but more often than not, it's down the field. He has the deepest depth of turnover in the NFL. He throws down the field on a third and long, or he throws down the field on a fourth and whatever. So, you know, whether it's an arm punt, it's a phrase that we've used around here a little bit, there are the careless Josh turnovers. And then they're the ones where it's like, all right, well, whatever. He threw it 38 yards down the field on third down. It got picked off. I'm not going to really worry about it too much. So uh, Josh playing smart and not making the big, big mental mistakes, we can live with the turnover here or there. We, we've, we've come to totally accept it because it's the only way he knows how to play. Yeah, looking at the numbers for Kansas City, they had 17 takeaways this year and 28 giveaways. They were minus 11 in the turnover differential. You guys were certainly in a much different position. You guys were plus two in the turnover differential. You had 30 takeaways and 28 giveaways. You're right. Like, turning the ball over has just been part of the formula for Buffalo. I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. What has changed offensively since they fired their offensive coordinator? I mean, there was a time there where you and I were talking about it where it looked unlikely if Buffalo was going to make the postseason and they were going to have to win out well they did win out they then win their wild card game that's how they find themselves here what changed offensively for buffalo midseason well they started running the ball more james cook got a lot more touches and started to really pop he had a big role in the the win at kansas city he was a star of the league in their win over dallas so they've been they've been running the ball the other thing that's odd that changed is Instead of the offense running through Stephon Diggs, it runs through a lot of other pieces. That's James Cook, Khalil Shakir, second-year receiver, who's really started to pop for this offense. Rookie Dalton Kincaid, Dawson Knox is back. It's kind of been a little more balanced in that way. But the biggest thing that changed for this offense is, if I can make a golf analogy, like pro golfers have caddies. And the caddies are the guys in their ear talking to them about this or that. And I just think that Josh Allen needed a different caddy. It was very clear in the first half of the season, once we hit about October and, and November, that his head was just not in the right place. Too many things going on. Too many swing thoughts, if I could use another golf analogy there. Like, don't turn the ball over. Don't take hits. We want you to slide. Play the right play. Be smart. It, there's said, the opener where he threw three picks against the Jets. And going to the sideline, there's his head coach pointing to his head saying, be smart, play smart. And I think they've kind of gotten him out of that space and more into a, Hey, you know, do whatever you're going to do. If that's run for 52 yards, fine. Sean McDermott told the story this week that when Allen took off like that, Joe Brady was yelling in the headset, the offensive coordinator, get down, get down, get down. And then when he broke through, it was go, go, go. So 
they always have this relationship with Allen, trying to harness him, protect him from himself, be smart. And I think what's happened to the offense in the change is they've kind of loosened up a bit on that and just let him be himself. And that has returned. Those, that investment has returned in Allen playing much more like himself. I'll get you out of here with this, Jeremy, and appreciate the time. Give me your Chiefs win if, Bills win if scenario. Oh, Bills win if their offense is where it has been the last know, month or two. Against Miami, they were really, really sharp. And they only won by seven. They turned the ball over twice in the end zone. You know, The offense is where it is. They should be fine. The Chiefs win if, you know, Patrick Mahomes does Patrick Mahomes things. Bill Spence has seen it an awful lot. Um, this game is everything we want up here and also simultaneously terrifying because, you know, to go to an off season with a loss like this, it would be a third straight year of hitting their head against the divisional playoffs. So the divisional round. So, um, chiefs win. If the quarterback is better bills, win if I'll go to bills, win if they can run the ball, cause they're going to want to, they're going to try to, they're going to want to, and if they get, if they get success there, then they should have the balance that they probably will need. That is Jeremy White of WGR joining us on the show today to give us the Buffalo Bills perspective. Jeremy, I think I speak for everybody, man. I can't wait for this game. This has been a long time coming, Kansas City going to Buffalo, and this time they get to play the villains in your building. I'm really excited for this game. Appreciate you, Jeremy. Thanks very much. Absolutely. That's Jeremy White of WGR joining us on the show today to give us the Buffalo perspective. He said something really interesting in his Bills win if that I want to touch on coming up on the other side. Because if you were telling me that, hey, the Bills win if Josh Allen is a superhero, you were talking about a defense that has done a really good job in making your superheroes feel very ordinary. Keep it right here, Mr. Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more rings, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house and owning it. Having an advocate who can help you navigate negotiations, timelines, inspections, and more can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a realtor can do for you, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Mostly cloudy with the possibility of an inch of snow, high 36. Weather brought to you by Daily Harvest. Daily Harvest makes it easy to stick to your goals with food delivered right to your door. Visit daily-harvest.com and use code HARVEST for up to $65 off your first box. Hey, Chiefs fans, it's Patrick Mahomes. Catch me every Monday with CDOT during the season on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.
There were a couple things that Jeremy said while we were talking to him that really stood out to me. The first one is, I have been really banging the drum about turnover differential. Now, I understand it seems like a very, very obvious point, but I'm not sure if people maybe know the numbers. So this is from or since 2005. 2005. So a big sample size, right? Rob, if your team is plus one in the turnover differential, you win 68% of your games. Just plus one. You get one more turnover than your opponent. If you get two more turnovers than your opponent, if you're plus two, that number jumps from 68% to 81%. If you get three, it then jumps to 90%. If you are plus four, you basically have no chance of winning the game. You can run the ball effectively, play good defense. You turn the ball over too much. There is a finite number of possessions that you are going to have in the game, and if those possessions end in a turnover, it usually causes a problem. Buffalo is really bad at protecting the football. Kansas City this year was really bad at protecting the football. Buffalo turned it over 28 times. Kansas City turned it over 28 times. That's not good. But what's kind of funny to me about it is it sort of has been so beaten down with Bills fans that they just kind of accept, I mean, we're going to turn the ball over a couple of times. I mean, we kind of know it. Josh Allen's going to do something. He's going to fumble. He's going to throw it 40 yards down the field. Eh, It's not that big of a deal. If you don't believe me, Jeremy White just said it. It's about failed drives, and that's one of the things about Josh Allen. Like he'll, He'll turn the ball over, but more often than not, it's down the field. He has the deepest depth of turnover in the NFL. He throws down the field on a third and long, or he throws down the field on a fourth and whatever. So you know, whether it's an arm punt, it's a phrase that we've used around here a little bit. There are the careless Josh turnovers, and then there are the ones where it's like, all right, well, whatever. He threw it 38 yards down the field on third down. It got picked off. I'm not going to really worry about it too much. So uh, Josh playing smart and not making the big, big mental mistakes, we can live with the turnover here or there. We, we've, we've come to totally accept it because it's the only way he knows how to play. I mean, you would have to accept it because that is part of your quarterback's DNA. Josh Allen is a lot of great things. A lot of great things. Incredible runner, great short yardage back, great for the community, big strong arm, incredibly accurate. Josh Allen is a lot of things. He is also a turnover machine. And one of the reasons why Buffalo hasn't hosted this game, hasn't been in a position to beat Kansas City a lot in these important moments over the last four or five years is because of Josh Allen's turnovers. Can he protect the ball? Can he be smart? And in this game, I assure you, we have all seen enough Josh Allen in his time in Buffalo. He is going to give you one or two opportunities in which he is going to throw a 50-50 ball. He is going to do something careless. He is going to do something reckless. And you are going to have to be the one that takes advantage of that opportunity and turns that negative into Buffalo into a positive for you. Kansas City's defense has a lot of strengths. Taking the ball away from the other team is just not one of those strengths. It's not. They were bottom five in the league at taking the football away. 
Their defense is really good, keeping you out of the end zone, tough, physical defense. They do not take the ball away from the other team. I think they are going to need to at some point in this game. You're going to need a big play from Charles Aminahu, a sack fumble from Chris Jones, a tip pass that gets intercepted by Willie Gay Jr. or Mike Edwards or Chamari Connor, whomever. Going on the road to win this game is probably going to mean that you're going to have to steal one possession away from your opposition. Are the Chiefs able to do that in this matchup against Buffalo? Because in my mind, that is the difference. I think these two teams are fairly even. I think you have to give Buffalo the slight advantage in this game because they're the home team. But I'm talking about 52% to 48%. It's a coin flip kind of game. It's a three-point spread. If you bet on these games, you know a three-point spread is nothing. It's basically one team is home, the other team's not at home. This is a coin flip kind of game. The last game between these two teams was a coin flip kind of game. The last postseason game between these two teams was a coin flip kind of game. Who protects the ball? Who runs the football effectively? Who can play their style, their brand of football better is ultimately going to be the team that wins the game. Speaking of their brand of football, I don't know what brand of football that the Cowboys play. Like, I have no clue. Like, they are not a championship organization. That I don't know what they are. Well, they have decided that they are going to keep their head coach. Here's the latest from Ian Rappaport of NFL Network. Well, first of all, it didn't seem like it was that close. And I know Mark McCarthy, Mike McCarthy was asked this question in the press conference, like, do you feel like maybe he was on the – it never felt to me, even immediately after the game, it was more like – well, we'll see, not like, okay, he's done, but we just need Jerry to make the final decision. This seemed to be the way it was going. And if you're someone who's watched the Cowboys all year, you look at the entire body of work, this makes sense. And this is a, it's a really good roster. They look like, obviously they didn't against the Packers, they look like a well-coached team. The offense is in a great place. And continuity wins so often, right? I mean, if you're the Dallas Cowboys, you face the prospect of, Firing Mike McCarthy with a year left and then paying him, by the way. But that would be wholesale changes on offense. Dan Quinn gets a job. Then it would be wholesale changes on defense. Did the Cowboys really want to take this roster and just say, we are starting everything new, even though we won the NFC East and we're a number two seed in the playoffs? It just didn't seem like they wanted to do that. So Mike McCarthy now is a proven year, which it really always is anyway. Okay. And you know what, Jerry Jones, as the owner of the team, you are allowed to make whatever decision that you want. They don't call it Cowboys World. They don't even really call it AT&T Stadium. It's Jerry World. It is your team, your vision. You are free to do whatever you want. If they are planning on bringing back Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott, they are not a Super Bowl contending team next year. I don't care how many games they win in the regular season. I will not let them fool me. I kind of got soft this year on the Cowboys, you know. They won a couple of games, and, you know, they. I'm thinking, hey, you know, Dak Prescott put together his best year. He could maybe win MVP. They're going to be at home this time. It's a little bit different. This is the new and improved Cowboys. It was the same Cowboys that we've been watching for the last 20 to 25 years. They haven't been relevant in the postseason since Circuit City. Since Circuit City, since Sam Goody, you were buying tapes and CDs the last time that the Cowboys were really relevant at this point in the season. So I will not fall for it next year. And if I fall for it next year, then shame on me. If the plan in Dallas is to bring back Mike McCarthy 
and the plan is to bring back Dak Prescott together as a unit, then my plan is I'm not taking you seriously as an organization. I don't care if you win 11 games or 14 games. I don't care if you're the one seed or the seven seed. I will pick you to lose your first playoff game. I don't care if it's against the NFC South. I don't care if it's against Arizona. I don't care who's hurt on the other team. They don't have their quarterback. They don't have their head coach. They don't get to play a home game. It's a neutral site. I will be picking against the Dallas Cowboys in their first playoff game. You made me look foolish this time. I will not give you the satisfaction of doing that again. Coming up on the other side, there's another thing that Jeremy White said that I think will put a smile on all of your faces. I'll tell you what it is. Keep it right here, Sidra. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich, the step back three, you bet! Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 